Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Um, last week we started um, just going through some of the books, of, the books, the verses uh, of Proverbs, just looking at wisdom in and of itself. It's characteristics and uh, wisdom is more than just a principle, even though it is the principal thing, yet our reality knows wisdom in a greater way than just a principle. But here we're going to see some principles of wisdom just, just to finish out our year strong. I believe in finishing strong. Can I get a good amen? I mean, there's one thing about starting, but it's another thing to finish it. So one thing to say, I do, but then to stay married, that's a whole other reality, isn't it? Yeah. What happens after the, oh, we, there's stuff happens after the honeymoon. Oh. It's not as illustrious. It has responsibilities and bills and kids and, you know, the like. But I want to encourage you to finish strong. We have several weeks left of 2016, and whatever your year was like, good, bad, ugly, whatever, God is still with you, and He is with you in the process. You know, he's, the Scripture says that He who began the work in you will be faithful to complete it, so we have that guarantee. And we look at Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, and we know that Jesus finished the work that he came to do because he said it is finished. Even the apostle Paul, our great example as well, the apostle of the Gentiles said, I have run my race, I have kept my faith, and I have finished. I have finished my course. I finished. So I want to encourage you to finish this year, not just say I'm finished with this year, but finish this year strong in the strength and the power of God in the joy of the Holy Spirit, and keep going forward. The Scripture says, Do not grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap if you don't lose heart. So don't lose heart. Yeah, in the world you have trouble. That's not the end of the story. Jesus said, Take heart or be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. All right? So just know that, that God is right now in your situation, whatever situation that may be, no matter how difficult and no matter how daunting, God is greater. And the scripture says in 1 John 4, 4, You are of God, little children, and have already overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen. So take heart today. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. Let, the, let, let God just breathe a fresh strength into you today. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let it build you up today and do what it does. You know, the scripture says that those who find the word, they find life and health for all of their flesh. They find life and they find health for all of their flesh. Praise God. Thank God for that, huh? So I want you just right now, while we're in this moment, just whatever part of you in your flesh is in some kind of pain, is not functioning like it's supposed to function, all right, is, is, is facing sickness or disease or any kind of... Uh, deterioration, I want you to just lay your hand on that place right now. We're going to speak the word over it because it's life to you and it's health to all of your flesh. Lord, thank you right now. You see these hands are laid on this, this place on their flesh, Lord, that is not experiencing everything the word of God came to bring it. So we just speak the word of God right now over this flesh. We command it to receive healing, to receive rejuvenation, to receive 
total wholeness and health in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, your word says that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, which means he, he bore our maladies, our calamities, our sickness, our disease, and he carried all of our pains. And with his stripes, we are healed in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for it. We're not going to settle for anything less than what the word of God brings into our lives. Because we thank you, Lord, that you what David said, I bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction. So, Lord, we remember you right now. We remember you, even in the middle of pain, even in the middle. We remember you. You heal us of all of it, and we thank you for it. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And God is with you, and you are healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you believe that today? Come on, why don't we just thank him for his goodness in our lives. Thank him that he's our healer. Thank him that he's good. Thank him that he's merciful. Thank him that he's gracious. Thank him that he's loving and kind. Thank him that he's patient. Hallelujah. We thank you for that, God. And every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Thank you, Father, for that. Hallelujah. Amen. A man escaped from prison by digging a hole out of his cell. And he's tunneling his, tunneled his way through the earth. And finally, he breached the surface of the ground and emerged from the hole in a playground full of pre, preschool kids. And he was so excited, in his elation, he yelled, I'm free! I'm free! Free! The little girl looked at him and she says, So what? I'm four. <laughs> Let's go to Proverbs. Did I say where to go in Proverbs? Chapter. That's, we're talking about wisdom today. Proverbs chapter 12. Watch this. I love how in your face this chapter opens up to us. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. I, mean, I don't know how much commentary you can do on that. Do I need to explain this to you today, or do you think you can get this? Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Which means, with instruction and knowledge, there, ha there is some correction that takes place. You know what that's like. You know when, whenever uh, you come across places in the Word of God that are not your reality or are not your initial thinking, and it's at that moment you have to make a decision. I'm either going to change the way I think or I'm going to refuse this or I'm going to reject this or I'm going to argue with this. And then that is nothing but stupid, according to the Scripture. It's not just about having knowledge. This is talking about having the knowledge of God and being able and being willing to be corrected when, need, when you need to be corrected. Because correction comes to sons and daughters. My parents love me, and they certainly corrected me. Your Heavenly Father loves you, and He's going to correct you. Because He wants your life going in a good direction. He's, he's not here for your harm. He's here for your good. And so He's going to teach you things and correct you and get you in line with what's going to take you into goodness, into all the good things that He has for you. So don't be stupid. Amen. Be smart. Choose wisely. Choose his word. Don't argue with his word. Don't argue with him. Don't argue with when the Holy Spirit. And you know when the Holy Ghost is talking? Come on, we all know. 
If you're a Christian, yeah. you know when the Holy Spirit's talking to you and telling you that ain't you. Right? This is who you are. He's not there convicting you. At least he's convicting the world of sin. He's convicting you, believer, of righteousness. That is who you are. He's there to remind you again and again who you are. This is not you. All right? You know that, that pull, that, that, that tearing on, on the inside. And so what do you do? Right? So just be willing to let him speak to you. Not only let him speak to you, but heed whatever correction needs to take place because all that correction, as I said, is for your good. Um, so stay, be smart and stay teachable. In uh, Portland, Oregon, there's a, uh, this family. They rushed their three-year-old Great Dane to the uh, emergency animal clinic and because he was, in, he was very uncomfortable and just miserable. And so they, they did some x-rays on this poor little dog and showed that he had a stomach full of a large quantity of some kind of foreign material. And um, about two hours uh, after this, I mean, into the surgery, uh, Dr. Ashley McGee found the answer to this foreign material. This dog had consumed 43 and a half socks. And their question, their biggest question was, wonder where the other half of that other sock is. That's the biggest question. 43 and a half socks. See, you were created by God in His image for His purpose and His likeness. As a matter of fact, as a child of God, you've been recreated or reborn with His Spirit now. And Ephesians says that you are created His workmanship for good works, which means His purpose is to be known in your life. And God has knowledge to give you and he get, has wisdom and he brings correction into your life so that your life can be filled up with the right stuff, with the stuff that will really satisfy you, that, that, the, the stuff that will truly nourish your life. Because uh, uh, a man that is set in his own way, he may get full, but he will always be empty. He will still feel empty. Because a man left to himself will go into destruction. Proverbs says it like this, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth, from the produce of his lips shall he be filled. And you can most of the time tell the wise from the fool, those who receive correction and knowledge and instruction by what is coming out of their mouth. I like what Pastor Charles Neiman said. He said, There is no premium to living in the land of dumb Proverbs 13, let's look at this one. Verse 22, a good man, by the way, the Cowboys are 11 and 1, in case anybody cares. So, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Wow, he's, he's thinking way down the road, isn't he? To his children's children, but the wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. A good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. He's thinking down the road, he's thinking generations ahead. This means he's not living life solely for himself, and he doesn't have the mindset that one's value in life is determined by the possessions in which he accumulates. But he understands the value of family. He understands the importance of generational blessing, the importance of leaving an inheritance to his offspring. And there are some people 
who are able to do that, and some people do it in great ways. And I, I think it's an honorable and admirable thing to do to leave your children some kind of inheritance. And if you can reach down to your grandkids even, that's even greater. That's awesome. Some kind of you know, inheritance of money or land or you know, business or, 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 or whatever. I think that's an awesome thing, a noble pursuit. But my family, not everybody does that. Not everybody will do that. Not everybody can do it. But here's one thing that you can all do as children of God is that you can certainly teach your children faith in God, all right? Because faith in God will absolutely enrich their lives. Faith in God will cause them to understand that there's greater, a greater experience, there's a greater reality known in knowing Him. And that stuff won't do what stuff seeks to do. He will supply their need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. He's given you richly all things to enjoy. God blessed Abraham, and God's blessing upon Abraham looked like he had great possessions, and he did have great possessions. He was wealthy in silver and gold and cattle, not because Adam, I mean, Adam, Abraham made himself rich, but because God made him rich, because the blessing of the Lord was upon him. You teach your children the blessing of the Lord, then that's all that you really need to think about, because everything else will take care of itself. Everything else will take care of itself. And so along with thinking about the things that you could leave your children, the greatest inheritance that you can give them is faith in God. Teach them how to walk by faith. Demonstrate how to walk by faith. I love nothing more than, than hearing my own children talk to me about their experiences with God. Seeing God's work, God's hand in their life when they prayed a prayer and then they got that prayer answered. Come on, moms. Now, you know what I'm talking about. To know that you're children and you realize how much God cares about your children. He really loves them, loves them more than you do. And you love them a lot, I know, but he loves them way more than you do. And so God wants to have experiences with your children. And if you can invite him into their situation, and that's why I love when we bring these children up here. I love seeing children brought up, uh, love dedicating babies and, and, and seeing children brought to church because that tells me moms and dads uh, understand the importance of this to get their children to the house of God, to raise them in a place where they can have experiences with God as much as possible. Because the more that can happen, then, then they, they, they avoid so many pitfalls that many of us have incurred, right? And, and heartache and, and avoid so many things in life that, that snatch people up who are not in relationship with God, who do not have faith in God and don't know that reality. But your children are not like other children, praise God. Your children will be taught of the Lord. That's something I declare over my kids every day. They will be taught of the Lord and great will be their peace. In other words, I'm saying, God, I'm not going to bear all the weight of this. I'm putting this on you. Because hmm? I know you know my kids. You know how they work. You know how they operate. You know how to speak to them. So I'm trusting you to help me where I don't know and what, I, and, you know, what I'm powerless to do. And he is. Because he's looking generation after generation. The scripture says the counsel of the Lord stands forever and the plans of his heart to all generations. So the generation that's following you and that generation following them, has God has plans for that generation and he has counsel for that generation. That's why we need to be thinking that way. He is, after all, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Oh, he's a multi-generational God with a multi-generational blessing. So continue that way. Just leave that legacy of faith. I'm grateful for my legacy of faith. I'm grateful to have the parents and the grandparents I, I, I have. I have realized just what a blessed man I am. And, and um, just how enriched my life is just because of that. Now, we haven't always had, you know, all the stuff. But I do know this, that 
my parents, my grandparents taught me about the Lord so that I came to him at a very early age. I came to my call, know my call at a very early age, the age of 10. I knew I was marked at that age. Why? Because they kept getting me to the house of God. All right? So I just want to encourage you in that. Just what, whatever you lack or in, in, in life, just in stuff, don't worry about that. Faith in God is it. All right? Teach them about their God, your God. Proverbs 15.1. Can we look at this for a moment? Everybody all right? Look at this. Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer. Everybody say a soft answer. A soft answer. You almost say it quietly, don't you? A soft answer. Sounds weird to say. A soft answer. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, husbands and wives, y'all know this probably better than anybody, right? You know what happens with a harsh word or a soft word. A soft answer, and this is not talking about just a quiet word. More than likely, it's going to be uh, quieter and calmer, but it, the word means tender or gracious, a gracious word. It doesn't just mean a whisper. It means a, a soft answer. It not only turns away wrath from the one who, with whom you are talking or dealing with, it also turns away wrath from you, yourself. Because a soft answer is a calculated answer. A soft answer is a response, not a reaction. A soft answer is one where you've thought this out before you opened your mouth. Imagine what a world we would live in if people thought before they spoke. Wouldn't that be refreshing? Hmm? James goes on to say it, James chapter 1, it says, uh, <clears throat> So then, my beloved brethren, let everyone be swift to hear, slow to speak. Now, we kind of got that flip now these days, don't we? Swift to speak and slow to hear. But this says be swift to hear. Ready to hear. Be a good listener. Be an attentive listener. Slow to speak, slow to wrath. So slow to, slow to wrath happens from being slow to speak. Not reactionary, not emotional, not short-fused. Let's go to verse 20. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. In other words, it's not going to get you anywhere. I've never, I was telling the earlier services, I've never advanced in life or in my relationships by yelling. It's never helped me one bit. It's never, it's never won a fight for me. It's never won an argument. Yelling only hurt me. Hmm? So, Don't be quick to speak. Be quick to listen. And this scripture teaches us in Colossians, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. Wow. That you may know how you ought to answer every man. In other words, what he just said was, grace is the answer for every man. It's how you should respond to everyone. Everyone needs grace. Everyone does. Well, what is grace? It's undeserved. It's unmerited. It's unearned favor. So we're not gracious to people just because they're nice to us. We're gracious to people because that's what we are supposed to do. Because that's who we are. Amen. And amazing how quick that fire of anger will go out through gracious words. Proverbs 29.11 says, a fool vents all his feelings, but a wise man holds them back. Fools, just everything that's on their mind, everything they're feeling, they're blah, 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 blah. I can't help it. That's the way I feel. 
Uh, can I talk to you like an adult? Shut up. All right? You're a fool. Just shut up. Nobody wants to hear that. Ain't nobody got time for that. So just shut up. You don't have to tweet it. You don't have to. And I promise you, nobody wants to see it either. All right? So quit being a fool. Be wise. Conceal stuff. All right? You're going to learn something. And I, and I know younger people are a little slower to come to this truth. The world doesn't revolve around you. People don't care as much as you think they do. They're not thinking about you as often as you're thinking about you. Amen. So get out of your little world and look up and realize, oh, there's other humans on the planet. And maybe I should care for others as much as I care about myself. Amen. That, thank you, Pastor Eric, for helping us today. A man's heart. I'm going to finish with this one. A man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. A man's heart plans his way. Now, I heard, I was telling you, I heard a preacher once say, make this look like it, that it's God versus you here. And he made it sound like a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord's going to win in the end. That's not what this is saying. This is not man against God here. This is partnership here. All right? This is partnership. A man plans his way. Why? Because a man should plan his way. All right? And God knows that that's how life is. You're going to plan your way. But you can know this. When you acknowledge him in all your ways, he's going to direct your paths. And he's going to direct your steps. Like when my children were first learning to walk, they had to get up and start, you know, Try, they had to do everything they could to get up on their little feet. But once they did, they didn't really know what to do from there. It's when I, as their father, reached out and took them by the hand and began to pull them to me. Then they realized, now I have a direction to go. Hmm? So as you plan your way, as you, as you do what you know to do in the natural, but you're acknowledging him, God's going to direct your steps because the truth is it does your heavenly father good to see yeah. your desires fulfilled. Amen. Huh? I mean, he really does care about what's in your heart. He really does care about your desires. All right? And the over-religious and the, and the, the, the short-sighted people who only want to see God in this religious format think, no, I just want his will. I just want what God wants. Well, hey, listen, he wants what you want. All right? So if you want what God wants, then plan your way. Do something and let him bless it. Because that's what he wants to do. Jesus said, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them and you will have them. Amen. That's how you're going to do what God wants. That's how you're going to see his will accomplished in your life. Amen. Isn't that a beautiful cyclical thing, huh? So the scripture says, if you delight yourself also in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. I love that about God. I love that about our God. You've heard me tell this, uh, but I'm just... Reminded just now of something that happened. I just wanted to thank the Lord for it. This happened years ago. I was sitting in a church service. And um, the pastor uh, just got up to preach. I was leading worship at our church at the time. And I just sat down and he got up to preach. And in my head, I thought, I sure would like to have another electric guitar. But I didn't say it out loud. I just thought it in my head. I sure would like to have another electric guitar. So after the pastor preached, he, finished, he closed up the service, and right after this 
friend of mine named Chris comes up and he says, hey, come with me back here behind the stage. So, okay. So I walk back behind the stage with him and back there is where we kept all of our guitar cases and other stuff. Um, and he reaches over, he was our bass player at the church, but he, he reaches over his bass and picks up a guitar case and says, during the service, the Lord told me to give that to you. And there it was, an electric guitar. Just thought it. And I, was, I just thought, wow, God, you saw that and you heard that and you really cared about that. Yeah. You get that to me right there. He really is interested in your desires. So you direct, you plan your way. The Lord will direct your steps. He'll direct your steps. He's always going to lead you in the right place. And wherever God takes you, it will be what you truly dreamed of. It'll be what your heart felt, but you couldn't even really articulate it. But it will meet what your heart wanted. It's amazing how, how amazing our God is. So let, let's just pray for a moment. Father, thank you for this wisdom that has come to us today. Thank you, God, that as we read through your word, we find keys to, to living, keys to wisdom and knowledge and understanding and instruction, correction. Lord, we just pray that you help us to be willing to learn, to be willing to be corrected and to take your word as the highest law in our life. To end our day at what does the Scripture say? What does the Scripture say? And we want to see your word at work in our lives. We want to see the fruit of it, the glory of it, the power of it, the joy of it, the peace that comes with it, all of its effects. So, Lord, thank you for helping all of us here today. Lord, where we've been stubborn, we don't want to be stubborn anymore. Or we've been argumentative. We don't want to be argumentative anymore. Because every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And you are here. Christ has become our high priest of good things to come. You're there to ensure that that happens. Help us to just believe you, to walk by faith. And not get caught up in arguments and reason, human reasoning. Thank you, Father, for just your peace here today the peace that passes all understanding to guard these people's hearts and their minds. Thank you right now. I, Lord, I thank you right now. I think you're helping. There are some here who have just really been wrestling. They've been restless and wrestling. I thank you now, God, for their minds to become sound, to become quiet. You said, be still and know I am God. I am God. That's you here today. If you've been dealing with restlessness, been having trouble sleeping, your mind feels like it's spinning constantly, I want you to just receive this word right now. 2 Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Power of love and of a sound mind. Receive that right now. Just receive that. Say, Father, I receive soundness of mind. I receive power. I receive love. I reject fear in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Thank you right now, Lord, for your help. Thank you for peace right now. Lord, I thank you that your perfect love casts out all fear. 
right now in this moment in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and are weighed down with life's burdens. I will give you rest. So go to him. There's a throne of grace that he invites you to, to come boldly before and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. The scripture says he is a very present help in times of trouble. So he is here now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Thank you, Lord. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Set your mind on things above and not on things of the earth. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are good, whatever things are just, whatever things are of a good report, if there is anything virtuous and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate and think on these things. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.